Hey everyone, welcome to episode 77, Setting Boundaries. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 77, Setting Boundaries. Whoo doggy, did I hit on a nerve when I asked you all about boundaries. So I asked you, and this is why it's our podcast. I say that over and over and nothing tickles my fancy more than when someone emails me and says, oh, I want to talk to you about our podcast. I'm like, yes, I don't want you to follow me. I want you to be arm in arm, side by side, locking arms with me. No one is behind anybody. We're all in this together. I'm in the parenting trenches with you. But the trenches are so beautiful. It's like the Grand Canyon. It's like, this is hard work, but it's so worth it. My dad, one day, he's like, let's go look at the Grand Canyon. We're visiting my grandparents in Arizona. And he's like, let's go look at the Grand Canyon. We brought our binoculars. I think I had my kids on. I don't know where my other sister Molly was, but Jennifer was with us. It was just my dad, Jennifer, and I. We went to the Grand Canyon to kind of just go look. I looked down at my dad. I'm like, why does he have hiking boots on? That's weird. Didn't think anything of it. He got him at Kmart like a week before. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Maybe he just does, you know, maybe there's some rocks and stuff. So we go look at the Grand Canyon and it was spectacular. It was beautiful. It was majestic. It was something worth seeing. It was worth the drive. It was amazing. Then he says, let's walk a little bit. Let's go to that first, let's go to that first lookout point. Let's go take some pictures there. I'm like, oh, let's go. This was like in 1986. I want to say I was like in sixth grade. We go to the first lookout point. We start taking pictures. It was so beautiful. I'm like, this is amazing. Oh my goodness. He's like, let's go to the next one. I'm like, okay. He did that about 14 more times until we were at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. It took us four hours of let's just go to the next one. Let's just go to the next one. And I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then guess what happens when you get down to the bottom? It's amazing. It's a trek out there. Then he's like, it said two more miles to go see the Colorado River. I'm like, okay. So we go out, see the river. It was so majestic. It was amazing. I'm still in my kids, by the way. And he's still in his hiking boots. I'm like, how did this just happen, dad? He's like, isn't it amazing? I'm like, I think you were gaslighting me. This is unbelievable. And then guess what? You have to go back up. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm exhausted. There's donkeys passing me with all their donkey do passing me. And I'm like stepping around donkey do. Like I'm in my kids. I'm like in a t-shirt and shorts. I was not mentally prepared for this. This is amazing. And this is awful all at once. This is horrendous, father. We still talk about this today. Then we had to go all the way back up. Took us like five hours to get up because going down is much easier. But you're literally, as Grady would say, literally, you're literally sharing the path with donkeys or mules or whatever they are. And people are riding them and they're bouncing back and forth. I'm like, you're going to fall. And it's like, there's this big path. It's pretty, pretty thin path. I remember turning to the side so let a donkey pass me or a mule or whatever they are. I think it was a mule. My dad is literally laughing so hard. I can hear him chuckling from here. All that to say, it was such hard work and I wouldn't change it for the world. Don't tell my dad that. The only thing I wish he would have done is I wish he would have let us know, hey girls, we're gonna hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and then we're gonna come back up. No, we're not bringing camping gear to spend the night down there. We're gonna go back up. I'm like, is a helicopter coming to get us? Because this is insane in the membrane. 
Oh, no, 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 no. We hiked another five hours up and I'm still in my kids. And he, for some reason, he had hiking boots. I'm like, what was going on in your mind when you bought the hiking boots? He's like, I just thought I'd be ready. I just thought it'd be kind of fun. We were not prepared. We did not have water bottles. We literally were using these warm water stations to like keep us hydrated. I was like, this is child abuse in some book somewhere. This is not okay. Whew, that's some childhood trauma, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say, Lenny Lou? Laughing your little hiney off right now, I can hear it. All that to say, the reason why that even came up, I wasn't even planning on talking about that, is because it was so breathtaking and amazing and beautiful and hard all rolled into one. Whatever we want in life is always going to be hard. We want to choose the hard path so life can start to feel easy. It's like playing life with a medicine ball. And then when you get to the normal parts of life, it doesn't feel so hard because you're like, oh, I've done this before. I can do hard things. That's a family motto. It's from the Bible. It's a mantra that I tell myself every single day. When I'm starting to do this podcast and I want to put it off, I'm like, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. Five, four, three, two, one, go. The five second rule by Mel Robbins. Have you heard of that? I got to do a whole podcast about that. So I talk about boundaries because they're hard, but they're necessary because they create a sense of honesty and a sense of clarity within the relationship. So I asked you all, what is hard about creating boundaries? And most people said either privately or on the comments, you don't wanna hurt other people's feelings. And that is such a genuine reason why most people don't create boundaries because they're afraid they're gonna hurt someone else's feelings. Here are some samples of what you said. It's hard not to feel bad. Gives me such anxiety. I don't wanna hurt feelings. The nagging in my head that I should be more flexible, compassionate, forgiving, etc. Making a boundary because someone is toxic not to talk to them. And then they guilt you into feeling like a horrible person because you don't wanna put up with their narcissism and don't really wanna talk to them. They just can't understand. People-pleasing, I'm afraid of offending or hurting other someone's feelings. Recently had to set boundaries because of a toxic family member. It was seen as unloving and rejection. I am praying for healing and understanding. To be consistent, that's my struggle. I'd say I feel bad about hurting anyone's feelings. Consistency. The fact that you were made out to be the bad person when you set a boundary, that's the hardest part. Guilt. Finding the boundary. Many of us don't even know what that means. Super Sally says, ask the question, what brings us peace? It's challenging to answer with three rules. It can't involve another human. It can't cost money. And it has to be self-loving. Yes. She goes to Tony Robbins. Doesn't that sound like Tony Robbins? Oh my goodness. Tony Robbins is amazing. The fear of retaliation and people getting angry and then being involved in drama. I'd rather just appease people than deal with that. So I asked, who is it hard to have boundaries with? A lot of you said family, kids, grandparents, definitely, in-laws, grandparents, grandparents, kids and coworkers, kids and co-parenting. Ooh, that's tough with the co-parenting. So I just want to clarify something, and I hope I've made this clear in other podcasts, that no one else can make you feel a certain way. That is true freedom. They can try to project. They can say things. But we are in charge of our side of the street. We are in charge. Remember, what they say goes in the C line of the model. It is completely neutral. You're like, what? Are you kidding me? It's not neutral. They said this. They said that. Remember, our thought about what they say is what is in our control. What they say is neutral. They can't hurt our feelings. We are the only person that can hurt our feelings. When we have a thought about the C, that is what creates the feeling, which creates the action, which creates the result. You don't want everybody to like you. It's impossible. And like that analogy about being the juiciest peach, there are people that don't like peaches. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with the peach. Just means they don't like peaches. My mom doesn't like shrimp. I'm obsessed with shrimp. The shrimp doesn't get upset that my mom doesn't like them. The shrimp is happy that I love them. I order them a lot. As soon as I get to the menu, I ask the server, what's your most popular shrimp item? What's your most popular shrimp dish? And every time my mom's like, ugh, 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 she makes this little noise. 
Does shrimp get upset? No, because it's just like going into the shoe store. Not all shoes fit. Not all shoes match. I walk into the shoe store and I pick out shoes and Lily's like, are you? No, you are not wearing those. Those are disgusting. I'm like, they are amazing and they're on sale. I'm getting two of them. They're buy one, get one. Then she'll show up shoes and I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? She's like, I'm getting them. I'll pay half. I don't even care. Have you known that Payless has gone out of business? What is that all about? Their buy one, get ones were unbelievable. That's where all my shoes were from. Now I have no place to get my shoes. Anyway, I digress. So a shoe store, the peach, there's no way you're going to please everybody and you're going to find yourself exhausted. So a lot of you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And so you end up hurting your own feelings instead, instead of making a boundary, honoring the boundary, and then being confident about the boundary. That's where assertive pack leader energy comes from, of holding that boundary. And it really comes from having enough self-love for yourself and knowing how you expect to be treated. And you teach people how to treat you. That's one of my favorite Dr. Phil quotes. Teach other people how to treat you. So a lot of times they're doing something and you're like dying inside and you're wincing and you're like so angry and they're doing and they have no idea that it even bothers you. So we really have to have boundaries to protect ourselves and protect our emotional energy. And really, it's a sign of self-care. Because when you're saying yes to all the things, then you're saying no to self-care. Then you're saying no to inner peace. Then you're saying no to having inner peace when you're around your own family and your four walls. And they feel that. So I want to go over what a boundary is because I was confused about what this was and I'm pretty clear on it, but it's still really hard, but it's so empowering. And I feel like my relationships are so much deeper because of it, because it involves a lot of honesty and there's no weird feelings on either end because they know where they stand. I know where they stand. I know their boundaries. So a boundary isn't you tell other people what to do and then they follow it. That is a manual. Go back to the episode about the manual. Dropping your manuals in your life will be the biggest game changer because we all have them. And when we're aware of them, we're like, whoa, I had a huge thick manual for this person. When you drop the manual and you let the people be who they want to be without judgment, without shame, without manipulation, without being conniving or tricky, then they feel that sense of honesty within the relationship and then they show up more. An example of a clear boundary, which everybody knows, is who lives within your four walls. The four walls is very defined. If someone comes into your yard, they are breaking the boundary. Let's say you had a trampoline in your backyard and then you had some kids come and jump on your trampoline. That is a violation of your boundaries. That is very clear cut. So it's not what other people do. It's what you're going to do when the boundary is broken. A funny story, my sister, Molly, she has a screened in patio with a pool and she was just sitting on her couch watching TV, hanging out, eating some Pringles. And all of a sudden, some teenage kids who her kids did not know, come into her patio, jump in her pool, then jump out and go out the door. Okay, that is what we call a violation. She didn't know them. When someone breaks the boundary, it's not that they broke the boundary because people will break boundaries. It's what are you going to do when they do? That's an easy one because you can lock the door. You can call security. You can call the police. You can be out there and be like, what are you doing, bro? Like, obviously, it was a teenage prank. It hasn't happened again. This was like a year or two ago. But I just thought that was so not funny that it happened. But like, I just can't even imagine what was going through her mind when all of a sudden these kids are like jumping in her pool and then jumping out. She didn't get to see him or anything like that. So that is a clear violation of her boundaries. A lot of times they're not as clear and that's where we get in sticky messes because Brooke says, if you are not telling people your boundaries, then you are a liar. I was like, whoa. And then Dr. Shafali says, if you're not telling people where your boundaries are and holding them to it, then you are being selfish. I'm like, what? I'm a people pleaser. You can't be selfish when you're a people pleaser. And she said, it's because the people pleaser will always pair up with the taker, with the narcissist. And you're trying to fulfill an unmet need with someone else and they're fulfilling an unmet need within you. 
So you're both using each other in different ways. I was like, wait, I thought I was the saint. I was the people pleaser. It doesn't work that way. We have to be okay with people being disappointed or upset or not okay because it's a boundary. And a lot of times we're trying to people please with people that we don't even want to be around. The shoe doesn't fit and we're still trying to people please them and they're taking up a lot of our emotional energy. That is a lose-lose. Remember, emotional energy goes to people who fill you up, not drain you to your core. Other clear boundaries could be things like, obviously, I think we all have a clear boundary that no one ever, ever, ever puts their hands on us. No one hits us. No one's ever going to grab my tush when I'm at work. Well, I work from home, so that'd be a little weird if my kids started doing that. So a boundary is not what they're going to do, but the boundary is when you do X, I will do Y. And these boundaries are could be with your time. They're with your emotional health. It's who you're having for over for chicken dinner. And who are you spending your emotional time thinking about when you're in the shower, when you're driving in the car, before you're falling asleep? That is a boundary that you can control because you can control who and what you're thinking about. Think about the people that fill you up, not the people that drain you. If you have 100 people in your life, there's no way that all 100 people will always be the ones to fill up your gas tank. There will be two to five. That'll be a drain. That will take up a lot of your energy. They don't get your energy, emotional energy. They don't get your time. They don't get your shower time. They don't get your fall asleep time. They don't get your drive time because then you're taking away from the 95 other people. When we get into people-pleasing, when you think about people-pleasing, if I have someone in my life that is a people-pleaser, or if I'm a people-pleaser, the number one thing I want from my friend who is a people-pleaser is to be pleased in their life. I don't want them saying yes to a barbecue at my house if they don't want to go. I don't want to drag people places, and I definitely don't want to be dragged places. Now, I am dragged sometimes to go get a smoothie with Lily or Starbucks. That's more of a fun drag, but I don't want people being with me out of obligation, so I definitely don't want other people to put that onto you that you are obligated to spend time with them. And I don't think they want that either. If you've ever brought someone like a date to like a party or a wedding or a concert or a movie and they're not into it, you can feel that energy and it's no fun for anybody. So I can guarantee you that it's okay to say no and it's okay for people to be disappointed, for people to be upset. Because the alternative is you go to the concert, you go to the wedding, you go to the thing, and you're a lump of heavy energy. They feel like they almost have to babysit you. So when you make a boundary, you can tell the person. Like Brooke used the example, if someone smokes in her house, that is a boundary violation. So we have a rule in our house that nobody smokes in our house. So if we had a party and people were smoking, or I knew they were smokers, I would just give them a heads up. Hey, we don't let smoking in the house, but you can smoke on the patio. You can smoke in the driveway. When I go to their house, if they smoke in their house, that is their right. It's their free will. So I have a choice. I can go on the patio or I can leave. And that's okay too. No hard feelings. It's coming from love. I just want you to like your reason. Some people are okay with smoking. So it's always finding your Goldilocks boundary. If I was a smoker and I went to someone else's house and they were smoking in their house, I'd be like, let's go. I don't have to go on the patio where it's raining. I get to smoke in the house. This is amazing. My way is not right. Their way is not right. They're just different. So a boundary could be, I was working with a mom and she says her mom calls her three to five times a day and always expects to talk to her. And when she doesn't, she's upset. So the boundary could say, mom, I'm not able to talk to you five times a day. I can talk to you one time a day. And if you call the other four times, I'm not going to be able to answer and I love you. See how that's done with love? Mom can still call five times and you're going to answer one out of the five. You get to choose the one. Or you could say, after dinner, after the kids are down, that's a good time. Or on my way to work, when I'm in the car, that's a good time. People want that give and take. Instead, what I see a lot of people do is they allow the person to call them five times. They answer all five times. Then they're upset about answering the five times. And then they go home, complain to their husband, I can't believe my mom or your mom called 
five times a day and expected me just to drop everything and who does she think she is? And then you're getting all amped up and your mom's just sitting over in her house calling you five times going, oh, I love feeling so close. I love the five times a day. This is amazing. She must love it too because she's not saying anything. So you can make a boundary and you can make it with love in your heart and not from a place of anger and resentment. And the boundary could be, mom, I can't talk five times a day, but I can talk one time a day. I can't talk five times a week. I can talk one time a week. And on Sundays on my way home from church is an awesome time. Does that work for you too? Oh, when you go to bridge on Mondays at six, that's a better time. That actually works for me because my son has bowling practice and I'm going to be at bowling at that time. Or I might be in the car waiting for him. Do you see how that's different? So it's give and take. And then there's so much more clarity. No one's lying. And there's so much love. And there's so much excitement for that one-time phone call. We have the holidays coming up. So politics might come up and you can excuse yourself if that's not something you're comfortable with. If someone starts yelling at you, you could say, I need you to stop yelling or I'm going to have to leave the table. Guess what? They can still yell because they have free will. The boundary is they cross the boundary. They jumped in your pool. So now you're going to leave the table and that's okay. You're going to do it with love. It's doing it for you, not doing it for them. They can keep yelling and that's okay. They're upset. We all been upset. We know how it feels to be upset. So it's not where we come from judgment. We come from love. I'm going to leave now. When I first started dating David, my previous relationship, there was lots of yelling. So we had conflict, David and I, and I started yelling and I was just using my excited voice, I call it my passionate voice, my control enthusiast voice. And it would sound something like this. Well, no, I said that. And then he would say, if you're going to yell, I'm going to have to leave the room. And I'm thinking, bro, you don't even know what yelling is. This is my excited, passionate voice. But he was making a boundary like yelling is not going to ever work for me. He shuts down. Kids shut down when they're being yelled at. They don't know how to make boundaries. So they show boundaries with their behavior. They show boundaries with crying, with becoming super compliant. They show their boundaries in other ways because they don't know anything about boundaries. Same thing. If your kid's yelling at you, yelling is never okay in this house. So I'm going to exit stage left until you calm down. I can help you calm down or you can calm down by yourself. But yelling is never okay. And this is the voice that you use. You don't yell back and say, don't yell at me. I have done that. It does not work. It's gas on the fire. If you're at work and there's yelling or someone's not being nice or they're hitting you on the booty, I need you to stop or I'm going to have to go to HR. You're letting them know I need you to stop or sometimes you can tell them in advance. Like if you know that you have a smoker coming to your house, hey, heads up. I don't think you've ever been to my house before. We don't allow smoking in the house. Is that going to be cool? But it's totally cool on the driveway or on the patio. You make the boundary in advance. And then when they do light up in your kitchen, you can say, hey, remember our rule is we only can smoke on the patio. And most people, unless they're completely unhinged, will go on the patio. And if they're completely unhinged, they don't get invited to the barbecue. Do you see how this goes? You get to create your own boundary based on their behavior, but you don't get to choose what their behavior is. They can still smoke. They can still curse. They can still talk politics. They can still yell. They can still even hit your tush. And then you are empowered by making the boundary. Sometimes you make it in the process or sometimes you make it beforehand or sometimes after it happens, you'd be like, that really didn't feel good when you were talking to me that way. So if that happens again, this is what's going to happen. I was at a party and they were talking about politics and someone in the party said they started getting back, going back and forth, going back and forth. And then the one who didn't agree with the other one said, you know, I just make it a policy never to talk politics with my friends. And they're like, but, 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 but. And she's like, it's just really a strong policy. She called it a policy. I was like, whoa, that's amazing. A policy. And then guess what? It stopped. She made a boundary and they can still talk politics. She can just sit there and drink her Diet Coke or she can go in the other room. No one can make you do anything you don't want to do. And that's what's cool about a boundary because it creates so much clarity and truth within your relationship and empowers you. And the other people can do whatever they want. And then when someone tries to give a boundary to you, you can respect and honor it. And it's okay for you to be disappointed because I'm sure people have put boundaries on you before and you're like, oh, but I wanted to talk about politics. I wanted to smoke in her living room. I wanted to call her 15 times. And you felt disappointment before, right? 
The people that you're dealing with are big people. They're big girls. They're big boys. They can handle being disappointed. They can handle being let down. And no one can ever make you feel in a way that you don't want to feel. If someone calls me the B word that rhymes with snitch, I don't want to be happy about that. That's a huge boundary violation. And I am going to literally let them know and that won't ever happen again. And if it does, we just stop playing in the sandbox together. And that's okay too. I'm just going to do it with love. So the model isn't there for you to always feel happy-go-lucky. The model is there for you to think and feel consciously. And then you'll realize like, oh, I can do disappointment. I can feel frustration. I can feel sadness. I can disappoint others. That's okay. Because you know that you're doing it out of self-care and you're doing it out of love and you love the person anyway, even though they're disappointed. Now, non-examples of boundaries sometimes turns into manuals like, I want my husband to compliment me more. I want my husband to empty the dishwasher. I want my kids to do the laundry. I want my friend to call me back when I call them 15 times a day. I have a mom I was talking to and she is having a hard time making boundaries around her work hours. She's supposed to be here at work for a certain amount of hours and then her boss always wants her to stay extra. It's okay to disappoint the boss. That's okay. Because you made an agreement and now he's breaking the agreement. So you're just holding him to the agreement or holding her to the agreement. I kind of use the analogy of when kids are playing on the playground. If you let kids play in an open field, they're less secure than if they're playing in a fenced in yard where they know the boundaries are. And that makes them feel snug and tight. Almost like when I used to swaddle my kids, they slept so much better when they were swaddled. Kids want boundaries. It's okay to say no. A lot of times we don't want to ever disappoint our kids. So we become a people pleaser to our kids. That is a lose-lose and a bad idea because kids cannot run the show because they get overwhelmed by it. They want the boundaries. They want the clarity. They want to know that I have assertive pack leader energy parent that has my back and will always look out for me and guide me along the way as I'm riding my bike through life. We don't set boundaries to control others. The manual is, I want my husband to compliment me more. I want him to empty the dishwasher. I want my boss to give me a raise. And when they don't, you make it mean something bad about you. That's more in the manual. A manual is an unspoken rule that we have about expectations for some other person so we can feel better. When you get into the manual part, then you're giving all your emotional power to the boss, to the spouse, to the kids, to the mother-in-law to the mother, to the father, to the brother, to the sister, the greedy, greedy grandpappy. Do you see how you lose your power in that? Now, when I say power, I don't mean control and domination. I mean empowerment. So it's not what they're going to do. It's what you're going to do when they don't honor the boundary. But they're not mind readers. I was working with a mom and she was so upset that her mother-in-law would come over to hang out with the kids. She's like, she was wiping down my counters and emptying my dishwasher. Can you believe that? And I was like, crickets. I'm like, uh, is that a bad thing? She was like, yes, that's insane. Who does she think she is? She thinks I can't keep control of the house. She thinks that I have to get all this help. I can handle it myself. And was super defensive, super an ego. And we all get an ego. And I was like, that would be amazing. I want to call my mother-in-law and tell her to come over and do that. Or my mom or my dad. You listening, dad? Come over and empty my dishwasher. Let's go. So that's why you always know it's neutral. So we get to control how we think about the dishwasher being emptied by the mother-in-law. And then we get to make a boundary. Or we get to say, hey, guess what? I got some dishes in the sink. Let's go. But if dishes are a problem, you want to make sure you like your reason. If it's coming from ego and fear that she thinks you're not good enough, that's not a reason you want to hold on to. Because mother-in-law is just emptying the dishwasher trying to be helpful because they like to be needed and they like to feel like they're loved and that's maybe acts of service is their love language. And you're in the other room seething as you hear the dishes clinking and she's like in there like Amelia Bedelia going, this is amazing. I love helping my daughter-in-law. I love her. Do you see how you're two coming from different places? But when we're honest with each other and you can do one of two things, you can be okay with the dishes being emptied, which I highly encourage, or you can like your reason and say, I'm afraid she's going to break them. So you could remind her. 
When you're over here, you don't need to empty the dishwasher. I promise. It's okay. I appreciate you helping though. You don't need to do that. And then when she goes to do it, remember what we talked about? You don't need to empty the dishwasher or just be okay with emptying the dishwasher. We want to choose our battles and not even see them as battles. Just choose our decisions and like our reasons. A lot of times people want to delete the person out of their life. Well, she did that. She broke the boundary. So I'm just going to delete them. You'll notice if you try to delete someone out of your life, they are actually going to show up more in your life because they show up in your thoughts. It's okay to put someone further out in your Saturn that you can love them. You just love them from afar. So instead of spending every Sunday and having them over for chicken dinner, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once a quarter. If it's a family member or if it's someone that you're intertwined with and they come over, you can still love them and love them from afar, even though they're in your house because you love them and you're going to find good things about them. If they're toxic and smoking in your house when you ask them not to, then that's okay that you don't allow them in your house because that's your four walls. They can't jump in your pool without permission. Just like those boys can go to my sister's pool, but they had free will. They got to do it. They do it again. We can call security guard. We can call the police. We can even jump in the pool and swim with them. See, there's lots of options. When we get super curious and not so furious, then we come from a place of yes and a place of empowerment and a place of love. Because when you choose love, you always win. So the boundaries are always done with love because then you're not lying. You're not being selfish. And then when the dishwasher is being emptied in the next room, your heart is floating with love that, wow, her love language is acts of service. She's doing that because she loves me. Thank you, mother-in-law. That is amazing. Instead of having this all or nothing, she emptied the dishwasher. She can never come over again because then the dance that you're doing with that other person in your relationship is so much smoother and you're not stepping on each other's toes. And some people are okay talking 15 times a day. That's when you have Goldilocks in your relationship where you find the balance that works between the two of you. And it's gonna be a lot of give and give and a lot of communication and a lot of like, this time works for me, what about you? No, that time doesn't work for you. That What about this? This works for me. So it's a constant dance and it's a constant relationship filled with love and clarity and truth and empowerment for you and for the other person. And you will find, you will drop your walls, you will be more vulnerable and they will be more vulnerable too because they know that your relationship is rooted in truth and love and clarity. And then the relationship only gets stronger and stronger because you made the boundary, they honored it. And then when they make the boundary, you know how hard that is for them. So then you honor it with so much love. I love you guys. I hope this helped and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.